The Trumpet Daily Program begins right now. Today's world news, what it means, where it's taking us. I bring you the one and only possible message of royal peace. This is a message of hope, tremendous hope. And he said unto me, you must prophesy again. The Trumpet Daily Program begins right now. Well, there are images emerging from Gaza now, the death toll seeming like it's above 4,600 people, many of them women and children who have lost their lives because um, of Israeli rocket fire. How do you explain that? The asymmetry of what is going on, uh, as well as the collective punishment of what is happening to the Palestinian people at this moment. However, we do know as well that war crimes do not constitute and are not an appropriate response for other war crimes. It is un unacceptable to think that 1,700 ch Palestinian children alone, that their deaths will somehow make up for or justify the violence of what we saw on October 7th. And yet what we are seeing unfold in Gaza is an indiscriminate bombing campaign. But also Israel uh, is also being accused of war crimes by both Human Rights Watch and Amnesty International. And avoiding civilian casualties is also secondary to destroying Hamas. Isn't making sure civilians don't get unnecessarily killed in conflict a key part of international humanitarian law? I mean, is this the kind of war, a year-long war perhaps, according to Israel's own top minister, that the Biden administration has really signed up for? Is this what the American public has signed up for? Is the Biden administration okay with all of this? And is the US public on board with unconditionally backing this kind of war and bombing and siege of civilians? You know, there's a lot of people who are never going to believe what Israel says regardless, but Israel needs to be in a position that people who of good faith can, I think, trust their version of events. I mean, what Israel is suggesting to those countries, but also to the Palestinians, we would basically expel you, millions probably, and this is a definition of ethnic cleansing. If you really care about human life and the sanctity of human life and international law as well, Israel is the ultimate power that can determine what, what to do with, you know, refugees. There you go, the, uh, the propaganda campaign uh, heating up over the weekend, intense pressure being applied to Israel, all the suggestions there that it's Israel. We're just two weeks on from the Hamas invasion into southern Israel. Two weeks on from that, and here are all the talking heads. They're pointing the finger, just like the protesters that are taking to the streets in London and elsewhere. They're pointing the finger not at Hamas, not at the terrorists, who just murdered 1,400 civilians and kidnapped another 200. They're pointing the finger at Israel. You're listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is the Trumpet Daily. We appreciate you joining us on today's show. It's hard to believe. We talk often about how fast the work week moves. The weekends move just as quickly. We're here again Monday morning, 11 a.m. in the central time zone of the United States. You can get to the live video stream every weekday morning at that time. Just go to TrumpetDaily.com or over to our Rumble channel. Just go to Rumble.com forward slash Trumpet Daily, and you can watch the live stream at either of those two locations. If it is at Rumble, make sure that you give us the thumbs up, and you can join in on the live chat if you like, but also leave us 
a nice comment. Some feedback. If you'd like to email the show, you can reach us, td at thetrumpet.com. Lots and lots to get to on today's show. We've got another mega montage for you that we'll play later on in the show, perhaps to introduce our second segment. We always play it by ear. We don't know if we uh, have time for promos. But if we do, we'll probably lead off the second segment with a mega montage showing just how broken and dysfunctional uh, government is today, particularly here in the United States. And also, as we work our way through the news items of today, we'll uh, give you the very latest on Taylor Swift and her support for the Kansas City Chiefs. This is uh, a pet peeve now of our beloved producer, Sam, who has to see links of Taylor Swift's every movement every weekend now when the Chiefs are playing. What a nuisance. (laughs) Coming back to a more serious point. Israel is under attack, and it's coming from every direction. Every direction. And you know what, it's, it, it, it is interesting to see what it reveals about the United States, in particular, Barack Obama, Joe Obama's foreign policy. I mean, in the first couple of years of this fake administration, I mean, you've really seen, and we've talked about it before on this show, over and again, in fact, you've seen how America is under attack from within. Fundamental transformation. God really has exposed he really has exposed that, uh, that great evil that's happening within the United States of America. But here in recent months, uh, maybe over the past year or so, you've seen that fundamental transformation being exposed with respect to Barack Obama's foreign policy as well. Never mind the statements or the show of support for Israel. When you look at what's happening behind the scenes, I mean, look at those talking heads. I mean, they have to take what the Gaza Health Ministry says as fact. They take it, whatever they say, they report it. It's hilarious to see the New York Times come out with, finally, to come out with a correction over the bombing of the Gaza hospital. When will they have to correct the record with respect to all of these children that are supposedly dying in these bombing blasts? For sure, there's got to be some collateral damage. But the numbers that Hamas just throws out there, the, no skepticism at all coming from those, uh, those talking heads you saw in the montage. They just accept it, and they go forward with it. But what's, again, we step away, we look at the bigger picture. We look at the Barack Obama fundamental transformation of American foreign policy. This is at Sundance, or at Conservative Treehouse. Sundance says, Hamas, Qatar, The Muslim Brotherhood and the Biden administration are all working together. Just insert Obama. (laughs) He's the the puppet master. He's the one running the show from the basement. This is our Trumpet magazine. We just put the finishing touches on the, the final issue of this calendar year, November, December. That comes out in just a few days. It'll be on the website any day now. But if you haven't subscribed to the Trumpet magazine in order to get tomorrow's news today or to get this book, America Under Attack, just call our operators, the 800 number. It's 1-866-930-3024. So Hamas, the Muslim Brotherhood, Qatar, Iran, the Biden administration, Joe Obama, they're all working together. It says this is a geopolitical dynamic 
of merged interests aligned in common cause against the nation state of Israel, the transparency of a slow drip hostage release, and the Western media spotlight upon it is predictable. That's the news that you probably heard at the end of the day Friday. Oh, Hamas, they've released two American hostages. How nice of them. Let's hold off. Well, first, first we'll, send, uh, we'll send the puppet over to visit Israel in the middle of last week. That happened. Again, that puts off the invasion. Now Hamas, drip, drip, just like Sundance says. The longer Israel uh, puts off the ground invasion, you see, the more pressure they're coming under, intense pressure, to just not do anything. Just allow Hamas to waltz right into your country and murder 1,400 people and kidnap 200 more and uh, be fine with it. The protesters all over the world, they support that sort of activity. Everything is being done to stall, impede, slow down, and interfere in the Israeli war against Hamas. Within this dynamic, the Brotherhood, Qatar, Hamas, and the White House have the same objective. They have the same objective. Trust me, it says, Jordan, Egypt, and Saudi Arabia can see it very clearly. They can see it. These are nations that uh, they don't trust Iran. They see Iran getting away with murder, literally. They see what's happening. It says each of the aforementioned actors, including Obama, Biden, and all the U.S. operatives from the State Department therein, view Israel as the provocateur in the dynamic. The pro-Palestinian progressive movement within the Democrat Party is visibly part of this dynamic. You saw it with AOC there in that cold open. They're all part of this dynamic. It says, thus, the alignment of common interests can be expanded to include leftists, Democrats, Palestinians, Hamas, the Muslim Brotherhood, the Biden administration, and Qatar. And the common enemy for all of them? The common enemy? That would be Israel. It's like I said last week. I mean, you have to wonder why Netanyahu would even, would even give out that fake invitation to Joe Biden. It was the Biden people that demanded it. Hey, you've got to invite us to Israel. We'll be over there in a heartbeat. And they got there quick. It says here, blunting any effort by the Israelis in the war against Hamas becomes a matter of taking steps that make it more difficult for the international community to support the Israeli side of the war against Hamas. The release of the two American hostages is part of this PR effort. They're all working together, you see. Hamas got the hundred million. It's like I said all week last week. I mean, how has Hamas been punished for doing what they did? They started this war. They went in and killed. They committed all of those war crimes. And today we're hearing about Israel's war crimes? Seriously? That's right. The regime media, they're in hyperdrive, carrying out this propaganda campaign says, if the hostages can be released or saved, shouldn't all good faith diplomatic efforts to secure the release of the 250 be exhausted before supporting Israeli retaliation? Look, we don't need more war. We need to negotiate with these terrorists to get rid of these, or to turn back over these hostages. That's how the reasoning will play out. It says, finally, that approach dilutes the righteous effort of Israel and starts to put a larger coalition against retaliation in place. 
Obama began this dilution process by warning Israel not to be emotionally focused on vengeance during his remarks, well, Biden, Obama Biden, during his remarks a few days ago. That the, the same was repeated last night in his speech. This is in response to his Oval Office speech uh, last Thursday. And so the pressure is on, and it's coming from, as I say, every direction. In London, again, over the weekend, you had something like 100,000 protesters take to the streets to show their strong support for Hamas, to show their strong support for the Palestinians and, and the Metropolitan Police. What a disgrace. The London police! There was one protester holding up an Al-Qaeda flag. In London, this is going on in London, and guess what the Metropolitan Police tweeted out? They said, the flags in the photo are not those of ISIS. They are the Shahada, which is a declaration of faith in Islam. ISIS flags may appear similar, but are not the same. It says, we have specialist officers with knowledge of flags working on this operation to assist with these assessments. They've got flag specialists, the London Metropolitan Police. And they're, they're here to assure you that this is not an ISIS flag. No, no, it's Al-Qaeda. That's a lot better. Now, that's a whole lot better. They're just showing their support for Islam. That's all. There's nothing to worry about here. Another speaker at this, uh, this protest in London called for jihad by the armies of the Muslim countries. Jihad! They're calling for a holy war. And what did the Met police, police do in response to that? Well, they said, you know, jihad has uh, many different meanings. It doesn't necessarily mean a hot war. This is the police. This is not the, the London Times. This is not the, the regime media. This is the London police. When someone showed up with an English flag, these same police officers made sure to pull that out of the, uh, the protest against the protest. Well, we can't, uh, we can't stir up animosity from these Palestinian supporters. It shows you, like I say, Sundance is right. I mean, every, I mean, the, the time, the, the time being spent these two plus weeks, for, it's not Israel taking their time to make sure everything is uh, just so before they unleash the ground invasion. The time is helping the other side. Iran, Hamas, the Palestinians, leftists, Democrats, protesters taking to the streets in, in, in our Western nations. It's helping them to align their forces against Israel. Israel, you see, is the common enemy. Israel's the common enemy. This is from PJ Media. As the war launched by brutal Hamas terrorists on Israel rages on, the violence is spreading, including to London, where anti-Semitic crimes exploded like a Hamas rocket hitting a Gaza hospital. Turns out Western countries were importing the next potential Holocaust through policies welcoming hundreds of thousands or even millions of violent Muslim men. Since the beginning of October, anti-Semitic crimes have shot up a stunning 1,350% in London. This is going on even as the Met Police are tweeting out, Excuses! 
for protesters waving an Al-Qaeda flag. They're seeing all these attacks on Jews. It's happening around the world. And AOC and company, they're just fine with it. They love it. This is from, uh, I think, the, the Daily Mail. It says, figures released by the Met on Friday showed that there were 218 anti-Semitic offenses in London from the start of the month to October 18th. Not even a full month. 218 attacks in London. All of this, of course, comes at a perfect time for the Biden crime family. You may have heard Jim Comer's uh, statement on uh, Friday, I think he announced this Friday, that they actually have found now, as part of their investigation, they've subpoenaed these, uh, these bank records for the Biden crime family. And yeah, there's a direct wire transfer from uh, Jim Biden, the brother, over to Joe Biden. $200,000. Happens all the time, I guess. Two hundred grand. Listen to this from Jim Comer on Friday, clip one. This summer, Joe Biden said, where's the money? Well, we found some. We're still digging into evidence subpoenaed from bank accounts belonging to Hunter Biden, the son of President Joe Biden, and James and Sarah Biden, the brother and sister-in-law of the president. A document that we're releasing today raises new questions about how President Biden personally benefited from his family's shady influence peddling of his last name and their access to him. Bank records obtained by the House Committee on Oversight have revealed a $200,000 direct payment from James and Sarah Biden to Joe Biden in the form of a personal check. Biden, of course, the fake president, has insisted time and time and time again, didn't know anything about Hunter's business dealings, never received any money on a pay-to-play scheme, nothing. And here's Jim Comer bringing the receipts. This is from Just the News. It says, in 2020, a Biden campaign official told Politico that Joe Biden never talked with his brother about AmeriCorps or expressed support for the business. Now the public has evidence that Jim Bi or rather Joe Biden received a payment from his brother, funds that Comer alleges were made, made available by a loan payment to James Biden from the near-bankrupt AmeriCorps says this raises questions about what Joe Biden actually knew about the source of these funds he received. Another story, this is over at uh, America Thinker, American Thinker. It says Joe Biden has always been a man of mystery as to how he obtained his wealth reportedly uh, in the $90 million range. How did he? He's just been a lowly senator all these years, a vice president for a couple of, uh, of terms. How did he accumulate almost $100 million? I think that's a conservative estimate, by the way, regarding his wealth. How did he, how did he, how did he make all this, this money? It says he doesn't understand markets, so we know it wasn't his investment acumen. He's an expert at nothing and has never written a significant book anyone would want to read. We also know that he's not much of a public speaker, stumbling his way through speeches, so he probably couldn't make much, of, make much on speaking fees, though that could be a, a disguised avenue of bribery, particularly if fees are inflated. Still, it wouldn't explain $90 million. How did he accumulate all this wealth? Well, by selling influence, that's how. The Daily Mail has discovered that then-private citizen Biden 
who had spent virtually all his adult life in public service, bought his Rehoboth Beach home in 2017 for slightly under $2.75 million in cash, and making the transaction even stranger, it was within weeks of a highly questionable text that Hunter had sent to uh, Runlong Zhao, an associate at a Chinese oil giant CEFC, asking to seal the deal or a deal worth $10 million a year. Pretty amazing. As I say, all of these wars, all of these speeches, the Oval Office address, the trip to Israel, what a convenient distraction away from this. Away from this. Last week, we didn't have time to get to that Sidney Powell uh, guilty plea. Pleading guilty, I think it was to six misdemeanors. And, of course, that was the clickbait. She pleaded guilty. She was an election denier. She was part of the, the insurrection. This is from NBC. It says Powell pleaded guilty to six misdemeanor counts of conspiracy to commit election interference in Fulton County as part of a deal reached with prosecutors. The deal includes the fact that she doesn't go to jail for any time, and then I think it, it gave her a small uh, fine as well. This is Andy McCarthy's uh, take at National Review. It says, while the media spin will be different, my first impression of Sidney Powell's guilty plea uh, in the election interference case is, it signals that District Attorney Fannie Willis's much-heralded RICO indictment, in which 19 are charged, including Powell's famous co-defendant Donald Trump, is a dud. I mean, if they're guilty of insurrection, if they've got these, these RICO indictments, or par as part of the indictment, these RICO charges, if they've committed treason, it, it should be an open-shut case, yeah? Just send her off to prison. But this is what they want. They want the clickbait. She pleaded guilty. Guilty on misdemeanor charges. McCarthy says Powell likewise pleaded guilty to intentional interference with the performance of election duties, as well as five other misdemeanors, without being required to plead guilty to the RICO charge. See, the RICO charge broke down before it ever even got started. That's the, the significance of this plea deal. How can you blame people who are being destroyed in court, like, like uh, Powell, Sidney Powell, and others on the, the list of indictments? How can, you, how can you fault them? Even General Flynn entered a plea agreement initially before he then got better attorneys to help him out uh, later on to fight it. Most people don't have the resources to fight it. The process is the punishment. Fannie Willis knows she doesn't have the goods. She doesn't have a case. So Powell agrees to the six misdemeanor charges, not, not including the RICO charge, which, the, which was the most serious one, right? That's the one that's going to send all 19 of these defendants to prison. That's the one they want to send Donald Trump to prison with. And it didn't get, it didn't get off the ground. <laughs> Speaking of election fraud, I had this story all last week as well. Just didn't have the time to get to it. But this is from the Associated Press. This is, I mean, this is almost uh, in, the, in, the, in the theme of high comedy. You can enjoy this. It says, a woman approaches a drop box in the dark with what appears to be handfuls of ballots. At a different drop box, someone else is seen making multiple trips to insert ballots 
at yet another, the same car stops on at, at least three separate occasions with different people stopping or stepping out and heading to the box. The AP says here, this is not a trailer for the latest conspiracy movie about rigged elections. I mean, what they're describing there is 2,000 mules. <coughs> Instead, the video footage has become central to a real-world controversy over potential fraud involving ballot drop boxes, a favorite target of right-wing conspiracy theorists since former President Donald Trump's loss in the 2020 election. So with the 2020 election, it's right-wing conspiracy. But in the case of this story, this is real world. I mean, this actually did happen, and it, and it involved two Democrats. That's what makes it hilarious. <laughs> it says here, the accusations of Dropbox fraud are not coming from those pushing fringe election claims of or from skeptical Republicans who have long favored eliminating or severely restricting uses of, of boxes. They're being made by Democrats, two candidates vying for uh, mayor in Connecticut's largest city in a heavily Democratic state. <laughs> I'm losing my voice, but it's a tiny, tiny little segment of Connecticut's population, and it involves just a few hundred votes. And so both of these Democrats are claiming <coughs> that there was cheating on the other side. And it involves stuffing the, the ballot boxes. Can you believe this? And the Associated Press, I mean, they know, well, if we're going to get into this story, we better, uh, we better lash out at the right-wing conspiracy theorists because they got it all wrong. But here, I mean, here's a, here, here's a real-world case that we feel like you should know about. It says here, the videos... This is further on in the piece. The videos have, let me just back up. It says, uh, the videos and the, the fact that the claims are being pushed by two Democratic candidates threaten to further inflame criticism from the right that drop boxes are vehicles for election mischief. It's a perception that election officials have been fighting for three years. It says here, it, it risks making what is the exception, the rule, in some folks' mind, said David Levine, a former local election official in Idaho, who is now a senior fellow with the General or German Marshall Fund's Alliance for Se Securing Democracy. It's well established that drop boxes themselves are very safe and secure. It says the videos have trickled out in the weeks since September 12, the primary, at the Bridgeport uh, mayor's race between incumbent Joe Gannam and his challenger, John Gomes, the city's former chief administrative officer. Gomes, who lost by 251 votes out of 8,173 cast, filed an, an election challenge a week later after a video appeared to show a Gannam supporter putting several envelopes into a drop box outside a city hall annex in the early morning. They actually got it on video. Can you believe that? Imagine, imagine capturing on video people stuffing ballot boxes full of dozens and dozens of ballots. Well, that's Dinesh D'Souza's movie, 2,000 Mules. That's essentially what it's about. It's all on camera. Here, the election's being contested because, well, it's two Democrats. It's a 251-vote margin. I mean, that amounts to, Sam did some of the math on this. It amounts to a 1.5% of the ballots cast. And if you go down and break down the numbers, 
from some of those swing states. I mean, you're just talking about having to switch 0.15% of the ballots that would have flipped it back over to Donald Trump. In Connecticut, again, it's a small little sampling, but this is Connecticut. This is a blue state. 1.5% margin of error. I mean, it was a fraction of that in 2020. And yet it's just totally dismissed. as right-wing conspiracy theory. Boy, this is why we've got to put Sidney Powell in jail. This is why we've got to put Donald Trump in jail. And we see those cases breaking down. Six misdemeanors, really. A slap on the wrist. When they tack on the RICO charges. She's a terrorist. Yeah, she's an insurrectionist. Fannie Willis didn't exactly bring the receipts. Here's a case where both sides are claiming that there's foul play with respect to this mayoral race. AP says here, Ganim, who has denied involvement, is pointing to another batch of videos posted online that appear to show Gomes supporters making multiple stops at other ballot, bo- uh, at other ballot drop boxes. Gomes has said he has spoken with those uh, shown in the videos and has been told they were dropping off ballots for relatives. <laughs> So they're, they're both crying foul. They're both saying that there was foul play. It says a judge will hear arguments in Gomes' legal challenge this coming Thursday, that would be last week, with testimony expected over several days. Gomes is asking the judge to declare him the winner or order a new primary election. Imagine that, a Democrat saying, look, you need to, you need to change the outcome or we need to have a redo. That's an election denier, last time I've, uh, I've heard. That, someone like that needs to be put in prison, right? Where are the RICO charges for either of these guys? It says here, the state has launched its own investigation. Some Republican lawmakers who had raised concerns about the security of drop boxes during the pandemic said the Bridgeport videos prove they were correct. And they're right. They, they were correct. The election was rigged. The system was, the system was tampered with in 2020 because of COVID. All of these drop boxes popping up all over Fulton County in Georgia, to just take one example, and people stuffing them with dozens and dozens and dozens of ballots for Joe Biden. When we come back, we will play. We actually will play the mega montage showing just how broken and dysfunctional America's government is today. You are listening to Stephen Fleury, and this is The Trumpet Daily. If you'd like to email the show, you can reach us at tdatthetrumpet.com. We'll be right back. The Armstrong College Bible Correspondence Course is a distance learning program that makes the Bible clear and understandable. The Correspondence Course enables enrollees to learn what the Bible itself says about subjects that affect you and the world you live in. This fascinating Bible course highlights and proves what the Bible says about morality, war, religion, terrorism, and other current events, focusing on the root causes of this world's many problems facing man, as well as their solutions. The Bible and this course also focuses on the reason mankind was created in the first place, the way to happiness, 
accomplishment and fulfillment, as well as the truth behind important doctrinal questions, such as what happens after we die, the nature of God, the resurrection, the millennium, and other critical subjects. Enroll today in the Herbert W. Armstrong Bible Correspondence Course. Email your request to td at kpcg.fm or visit thetrumpet.com. I hope you don't take this personally, but do you guys have any idea how clownish you look? Well, you know, Jake, I'm, I'm very fond of saying that um, Congress is a light like high school, but even more so. What is your advice uh, as Republicans are increasingly taking heat on all sides about looking like they can't govern, even themselves? Well, right now they can't govern. At every step of the way, Republicans have rejected bipartisanship and embraced extremism. Jim Jordan is a clear and present danger to our democracy. Is there anyone who can lead? Is, a, is he an alternative? Look, I think what you're seeing right now in, among the Republicans in the House is a direct result of the decisions that Kevin McCarthy made to uh, embrace uh, Donald Trump, to embrace the most radical and extreme members of our party, to elevate them. Um, so it's not a surprise that we are where we are, but, but it's a disgrace and it's an embarrassment. I believe President Trump will be our nominee and I believe President Trump will get reelected. Are you still think a MAGA Republican, Mr. He's been brought as, he has brought it chaos. You know what? I am a conservative Republican from the beginning to the end and that's what I've always been. I, you, try, you can try to phrase different names to people, but I'm proud of who I am. All right. I, I don't think I've heard a single member of my uh, caucus, the Republicans in the Senate, say, you know, Donald Trump is great. Aren't we lucky to have him as our leader? Donald Trump represents a failure of character, which is changing, I think, in many respects, the psyche of our nation and the heart of our nation. And that's something which takes a long time, if ever, uh, to repair. Donald Trump is likely to be the next Republican presidential nominee. And he has a decent shot of being elected the next president. I mean, it, it could happen. What would a second Donald Trump term look like? Well, he cannot be the next president. Um, it, it, because if he is, um, all of the things that he attempted to do, um, but was stopped from doing by responsible people around him at the Department of Justice, at the White House Counsel's Office, all of those things he will do. There will be no guardrails. And everyone has been warned. After January 6th, after our investigation, after all of the evidence that we laid out about all of the steps in his multi-part plan to overturn the election, there can be no question uh, that he will unravel the institutions of our democracy. You have to make sure that people who believe in the Constitution are willing to come together to prevent him from ever again setting foot anywhere near the Oval Office. Who do you think is providing better leadership on the international stage right now, um, Biden or Trump? Oh, certainly Biden. The president's proposed $100 million of immediate humanitarian aid. He's continuing to press that. He understands the civilian crisis in Gaza. And he's uh, talked also about combating Islamophobia and anti-Semitism here in our country. So it's a difficult time, but we have a wise experienced president leading the way for us here in America. No way you'll run for president in 2024. And I can't imagine any circumstance, perhaps if Godzilla comes in and removes all the other candidates and so forth. But other than Godzilla stepping in, no, I'm not running for president, not giving it any thought. Um, when will you make a decision about whether 
you want to run for president of the United States? Well, what I am doing uh, right now, what I will continue to do is very much focus on making sure that we get people elected at all levels who are serious within my own party. I don't even know how I should call it my own party within the Republican Party. People wonder about your health. How are you feeling? How are you doing? I'm fine. I'm completely recovered and uh, just fine. I'm in good shape, completely recovered and back on the job. So does that mean that you think you are able to continue serving and you want to continue serving here at a time when we are talking about incredible dysfunction in Washington? I think we ought to be talking about what we were talking about earlier rather than my health. Uh, we are in a very bad place right now. A bad place indeed. Uh, that's Kevin McCarthy there at the end of that montage. The ruling class assuring us that, look, just put your faith, put your trust in us, in Liz Cheney, in Mitt Romney, in Kevin McCarthy. Well, I mean, the reporters in, in a lot of ways are right about the dysfunction that's on display. But it's not just because the House can't, can't pick a, a, a speaker in, in two seconds. The whole system, it's flawed. This is not, this is not how the founders drew it up. This, Washington's not full of patriots. It's full of people with a supersized ego. It's full of people that are on the dole, that are taking in tens of millions of dollars. It's full of people that have become fabulously wealthy because uh, they know how to play the game. They know how to milk the system. It's just like the Biden crime family. <laughs> there, there are voices, if you can believe it, calling for George W. Bush to be the House Speaker. George Bush! Some have even suggested Liz Cheney. Cheney hasn't ruled out running for president herself. She's the, the least popular uh, politician in Wyoming, of all places. Wyoming! And yes, she fancies herself as someone that could, you know, make a run for the presidency. Why not? It's not going to be Donald Trump. No way is he going to be president again, she says. Herbert Armstrong often said that government is everything. And when you think about what that man restored to God's church, I'll leave it to you to look at Matthew 17, Malachi 4, 5, and 6. What God restored to the church, for the most part, I mean, everything centered around it, it was his government, his loving family government. God is a family. He's the father. He heads up the family. He's the provider. He's the, the love giver. He's the protector. He's the, the punisher. He punishes in love. He punishes his children in love. That's Hebrews 12. Read through it. We went through it recently on this show, and it's important to stress the importance of government because look at how many of God's own people are confused on this very subject. 90, 95% of God's people in these last days have been deceived on this very subject. They've fallen away from the truth. They've fallen away from God's government. Notice Isaiah 59, and we'll start in verse 2, or sorry, verse 4. And, and as you turn over there, please read along, by the way. Read these scriptures that we go through during our Bible study segment or at any time. 
on the program. We certainly want for you to see for yourself what God has to say. These are God's thoughts. This is God's assessment. In the case of Isaiah 59, it's God's assessment of our society today. Everything that's wrong with it. In the Wonderful World Tomorrow book, this was written by Herbert Armstrong, he talks about all of the, the different kinds of governments that man has created since human civilization was cut off from the tree of life. That's uh, right at the tail end of Genesis 3. You can read that. We were left to go it alone, and we've come up with republics and limited monarchies. There's all kinds of experiments with atheistic communism. It's still going on, in fact. Socialism, all of these, these failed governments of man. And this is why Isaiah 59 and verse 4 says, None calls for justice, nor any pleads for truth. They trust in vanity and speak lies. They conceive mischief and bring forth iniquity. There's no justice in the land. And doesn't that ever perfectly describe what we're seeing in the United States today? There was this report in uh, Portland about a homeless man. It was on one of the local ABC affiliates, I believe. This homeless man who's got a record of sex abuse, he's just setting up his camp right across from a school and giving away drugs for free. Listen to this from, uh, from Portland, clip five been in San Francisco basically homeless for 26 years. 46 year old Adam Moore tells me he has lived on the sidewalk across the street from Stella Maris Academy for more than two years and that his sign offering free fentanyl for new users is no joke. Moore says he's just passing on the drugs that other people give him in exchange for blankets and supplies he provides. They feel bad if they don't reciprocate so they bring me trash that they've scavenged things that they think are valuable or they give me some of the drugs that they have, which I don't do. You're exposing grade school kids to this. Mm -hmm. This is not right, you know that. No, no, it's, I mean, the it's kid, shallow. I so. mean, the, kid, <laughs> the kids come out of the school and they see this? Yeah, yeah, I only live by two rules. Uh, be kind to others and make it look easy for children. The Richmond District Police Captain told me they recently tried an undercover sting on Moore, but he didn't have any drugs at the time. However, it's his past that's led to some concerns. Moore is on the Megan's Law website for lewd and lascivious acts with a child under the age of 14. I was innocent of all of the charges that I've been accused of, convicted of. Moore is apparently not considered a high-risk offender, so he does not have to follow the rule to stay 2,000 feet away from any school. And uh, I was told that he is in compliance with all of the components of uh, what his sex registration are. So there you go. I guess it's San Francisco, not, not Portland. So I got, I got the city wrong, but this is common today. Yeah, a sex offender. He's convicted. But he sets up his free drug table, free drugs, fentanyl, right across the street from a grade school. And he's been there for two years. And what can the, the government, the local government in San Francisco or local law enforcement, what can they do to stop this? Nothing, nothing. No, he's in compliance. He's in compliance with the rules that were put forth by some judge somewhere that you've got to be just this far away from a grade school. So I guess he's just right outside the line. This is the world of today where none calls for justice. Isaiah 59, verse 4. 
verse 7 in this same passage, their feet run to evil and they make haste to shed innocent blood. Their thoughts are thoughts of iniquity. Wasting and destruction are in their paths. So much iniquity and violence before the flood. God said that the thoughts of man are just on or they were just on evil continually. That's what we're seeing here today. Evil, just right on the street, right across from a grade school. A sex offender giving away fentanyl for free, for free. And his motto, hey, just be kind. Be kind to others. Look at the fruits. Look at the sickness in our society. Look at the sickness that's on display, openly on display, reported on in the local news. And yet nothing can be done about it. Just the way the founders drew it up, right? Verse 8 says, the, the way of peace. They know not. And there's no judgment. There's no judgment in their goings. They have been, it says, they have made them crooked paths. Whosoever goes therein shall not no peace. See, it just boils down to, to education or the great flaw, the, the problem with education today. We don't know the way to peace. There is a way, but we don't know it. We won't go that way. We won't do what it takes to obtain peace. Like I said last week, Joe Biden will talk about peace and say we'll do anything to, to make peace. They'll do anything except the way that God says we ought to do it. Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers. Who's making peace today on the streets of San Francisco or in Gaza or in Israel or wherever? Pick your hot spot. You see these demonstrators, these protesters taking to the streets. You see all these organizations, these student groups in Harvard signing on in support of Hamas. They, they've all got one common enemy. Just like I said in the first segment, that would be Israel. That would be the Jews. We're, we're wide open, totally inclusive. Everyone belongs except those Jews, except the dirty Jews. We've got to keep them out. We've got to persecute them. They're the violent oppressors in the Middle East. And so attack them. And people are lining up to do it. Listen to this from Bill Maher. He's a left-winger, exposing a little bit of truth here about the problem with modern education. Clip two. There are few, if any, positives to come out of what happened in Israel, but one of them is opening America's eyes to how higher education has become indoctrination into a stew of bad ideas, among them the simplistic notion that the world is a binary place where everyone is either an oppressor or oppressed, in the case of Israel, oppressors being babies and the same students who will tell you that words are violence and silence is violence were very supportive when Hamas terrorists went on a rape and murder rampage worthy of the Vikings. They knew where to point the fingers at the murdered and then it was off to ethics class. <laughs> off to ethics class. Right after they point the finger at Israel, you vile murderers, you! This is from the New York Post. It says, booby traps planted by Hamas terrorists in Israel included a bomb disguised in a child's pink backpack in the hopes it would kill an innocent victim, said the Israeli military. They go on and on. 
quoting, openly quoting the, the Gaza Health Ministry. That's controlled and, and, and directed by Hamas. The feature story news, we play it at the top of the hour. I think that was the first thing that came out of their, their report today. The Gaza Health Ministry? You're really quoting them as a source? A reliable source? Oh, yes. They swallow it whole, the regime media. If, if, the, if the Hamas Health Ministry says it, then it must be fact. If, if the IDF says it, if Israel says it, you know, you've got to be really skeptical. Just like, just like was exposed with that, that hospital explosion, or the explosion at the parking lot of the hospital, actually. Haunting footage posted online by the IDF showed a soldier unpacking a child's seemingly innocuous, colorful, heart-and-star-adorned school bag found laying in a field. Inside were explosives set to go off if someone tried to pick it up. The bag was booby-trapped, containing a remote-activated explosive device weighing 7 kilograms, it says. Hamas peacefully chose to, purposefully, I should say, certainly not peacefully, purposely chose to booby-trap a child's backpack. Well, and on and on it goes. But then you have all these young people around the world, take, like Bill Maher says, pointing the finger at Israel before they head off to ethics class, like they know a lot about ethics. Play clip three. They've convinced themselves Israel is the most repressive regime in history because they have no knowledge of history or even a desire to know it. And actual history doesn't come up in their intersectionality of politics and gender queer identities class. It's pretty, it's pretty sad when you've got to turn to Bill Maher for a bit of a truth bomb about modern education. That great educator of the 20th century, Herbert W. Armstrong, I mean, he saw where this trend toward gross materialism, radical individualism, he saw where it was leading. He knew it was propaganda. He, one of his earliest plain truths, from he, he did the, 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 the demonstration issue, right? With the student in class and the big, the big funnel at the top. And then just pouring the propaganda inside. We could probably use a trumpet cover. With, uh, with that image. That's what's happened. It's pure propaganda. Those are the same people that then take to the streets. The educated ones. The young educated ones of today. And they take to the streets to show their support. for Not for, not for uh, the laws of war when it comes to Hamas. But to show their support for Hamas for the war crimes committed by Hamas to show their hatred, their contempt for Jews as well. Listen to one last comment from uh, Bill Maher, clip four. But the reason why despising Israel became pretty much a requirement of the American left is colleges, elite colleges, the mouth of the river from which this and all manner of radical left, illiberal, yes, illiberal, nonsense flows elite colleges the nonsense that just flows out from those institutions of higher learning every day every week every month every year verse 10 in isaiah 59 it says we grope for the wall like the blind and we grope as if we had no eyes we stumble at noonday as in the night 
We're in desolate places as dead men. Mr. Armstrong in the World Tomorrow book says, Today, as in ancient times, too many of those who seek offices of power over the people, over the people of cities, states, districts, or nations, promise great benefits, pose as public benefactors, while their inner motives are ambitions of personal power and wealth. They're like the shepherds in Ezekiel 34. They're there to serve themselves, not the people. And they're all highly educated, aren't they? They come out of modern educational systems. Verse 20, though, there's hope here. There is hope. <laughs> you read through most of chapter 59 in Isaiah, and it's a pretty grim future, a, a pretty grim forecast. But verse 20 says, And the Redeemer shall come to Zion, and unto them that turn from transgression in Jacob, saith the Eternal. The prophet says, The Redeemer shall come. Jesus Christ shall come. Mr. Armstrong wrote, The only hope of justice, of peace, of truth, of right solutions to all this world's problems is the coming and power and glory of Christ to set up world government. Right government. The government of God. That's what's coming. The Redeemer is coming. And He's coming to set up the government of God on earth. Headquartered in Jerusalem, the next chapter, there should be no chapter break. It says, verse 1, Arise, shine, for your light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. The glory of God is rising in this church, soon to be the whole world, at the return of Jesus Christ. And He'll bring light. He'll bring true education. He'll bring God's government, finally, to this earth. If you don't have a copy of that book, The Wonderful World Tomorrow, What It Will Be Like, make sure you request your free copy today, the 800 number, one 930 3024. That's all we have time for, unfortunately, on today's show. You are listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is the Trumpet Daily. Thank you for joining us on today's show, and we'll see you tomorrow.